how do you go about pricing your projects? Ever wish life had a <clears throat> ever wish life had an undo ever wish life had an undo button? With over 30 years experience in the creative industry, Matt and Dylan spill their secrets and share their insights about business and design. All to try to save you an undo. This is the Command Z Show, presented by Made by Things and Mingus Design. Da 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 da. <clears throat> Hi, Matt. Going? Hey. <laughs> hey, how's it going? It's good. Uh, well, it's actually not good, but that may be another podcast completely. <laughs> the question Ooh. will be, Dylan, why is things not going good? That was a good sentence, wasn't it? <laughs> why is things not going good? Yep. Sorry to all my Southern friends. Mike Jones and friends, it's not meant to be a slam. I just, Matt started it. I did. I, I finished it. I went, I just went from word to word. Why, and do, we, just... why do I do that? That's embarrassing. I, you know, I, seriously, I apologize to people that have a Southern drawl because truthfully, I love the Southern drawl. Yeah. It is one of the most charming things on the planet. Well, <laughs> now, now where do we go? Is that, is that it? We already have our, Stum our, our public apology. <laughs> Stumbling uh, through an intro. Just before this podcast started, Matt and I were talking about money because in our last podcast, we talked about contracts, which is, if we're doing them right, an eloquent way of saying we'd like to take your money. And here's the reasons why that's a good decision. So we thought we should probably continue this conversation and in our conversation just before we started recording today, we were talking about how millionaires always want another million, which we both found kind of fascinating. And uh, well, I'm going to let Matt unpack that here in a minute. Right. So let's just get to it. Matt, I have a question for you today. Dylan, I have a question for you. Oh, wait, you first. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, the, the question that I have was, um, initially it was, how do you go about pricing your projects? But again, after some of this conversation we were having earlier, I think, I think there's a lot more to it in how we price and just the role of money in business, I guess in general, especially a creative business. Cause it gets, it gets a little bit weird, right? Where we, we have this skill that we we are all blessed to have and we're all grateful to to have it this this creative ability to make things and it's tough for people to and it was tough for me especially at the time it was tough for me to put a monetary value on the skill set that i have for other people i i guess early on i always thought that people were were letting me do what i do as a type of philanthropy maybe <laughs> that's kind of what it felt like um, but over time I realized that there is actual value, like a dollar value to the things that we do. So, um, yeah, let's, let's start with that question of, of how do you price and let's see where we go from there. Okay. Yeah. Huge topic and, uh, a lot to unpack here. So in terms of pricing, there are a few things I do. I'll just start with just one randomly. It's not necessarily the most important one, but uh, definitely high on the list. And that is, I've learned to set a minimum engagement for projects. 
and I learned that from Chris Doe. And Chris Doe, if you don't know him, uh, for our listeners, you really should take a look at what he does, listen to him. Uh, he's, a, he's a nice guy. I've met with him. Highly recommend hanging out digitally, virtually with Chris Doe in his uh, Instagram account or his business, The Future. They're doing some amazing things, and I truly don't want to throw that word around uh, loosely. He, they're doing amazing things in terms of educating designers about business. So if I sound like I'm just ripping him off, uh, call it inspiration, whatever you want to call it. But um, to get to that point, Chris talks about how setting a minimum engagement for your business and the projects that you do for people is really important. And one of the reasons it's, it's important is because it's a very quick filter for figuring out if a client, potential client, has a budget for what uh, they'd like you to do. So the way I do it is I just say exactly that, I ask exactly that. I'll say, hey Matt, uh, thanks for reaching out to us. Uh, this is a, for the first thing I'm gonna do to back up just a step is I'm gonna, before I ask the question, I'm gonna say, here's a few bullet points for what we're gonna do for you. Again, the point there is you're just setting up the question before you just blindside somebody with the question, or if they expect the question, you can still set up the question of uh, minimum engagement with a few bullet points to remind them, this is what we're gonna do for you. This is the, in other words, this is the value that we're gonna provide for you. And again, it, painful if you go into a lot of detail there. You're just setting quick reminders and then say, our minimum engagement, engagement is X for this project. Does that fit your budget? Question mark, send it. And I've found, again, that's a tremendously useful filter. Sometimes you get crickets, and uh, once in a while you get people that go, nope, doesn't work. And then sometimes you get people to go, yeah, that's great, let's do it. And you think, oh, wait, did I ask enough? But right. we can unpack that later in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's definitely a lot there that I'd like to talk about. Um, yeah, I, I did the very, very similar to that. Um, I guess over time it was understanding, okay, what is that minimum engagement fee? And then over time, what happened, right? So for me, this, this is the advice that I give everybody when, like when they're just starting out is like, they're asking, well, how much should I charge for this thing? I'm like, honestly, it doesn't matter. Char just start charging something and then go from there. Um, I think that that's, I don't know, like everybody wants to have a great successful business immediately, but very rarely does that actually happen. What makes more sense to me is you start somewhere and you start building from there. So it's like, okay, well, you know, early on for, for, for me, so made by things, we were, when it was, when it was just myself, the one the one constant that we always get is like, hey, we're looking for a 90-second explainer video. So that's kind of like the market price or the market like item that I always go by. Um, and early on, it was, yeah, we could do it for like $500. So then it was, okay, well, whenever I got too busy doing $500 videos, let's, uh, I mean, I didn't just add a zero to it, but like <laughs> not that quick anyway, but it was like, okay, let's go to 1000 and like, let's just keep doubling, basically. I guess the biggest principle that, that I live by is what every business should live by, and it's supply and demand, right? So it's like, well, if you become busy, then it means that what you do is more valuable. 
so you need to charge for that. The goal isn't to be as busy as you can possibly be. The goal is to just get your value <laughs> from people. And that's the thing is that, um, so like you were saying, like sometimes you throw numbers out there and people say no and some people say yes. What you do for people is, you know, if, for each client you have, it's a different value that you provide to them. So, you know, a logo for a small startup is going to be worth a lot less than a big Fortune 500 company because that's a huge change to them. And it's going to more directly or indirectly affect the income that they bring in as a result of the work that you've done. So, and I guess that's what I'm saying whenever, whenever I'm saying value, it is that idea. It's like, how can you directly or indirectly affect revenue for a company? And again, going back to what I was saying before, as you know, creative people, we don't think about we don't we don't think about business like that. We think about hey, we have this cool trade, this thing that we love to do, uh, and we're happy just doing it for people. And um, yeah, anyway, so for me, it was over time continuing to to build on that. And it's like okay, as we get busier, oh, like now I'm able to hire somebody because we're making enough money. And it's like before we get there, though, I want to I want to stop you and call out something I think you said is really important. And that is that you're putting in my words, your fees can scale. Mm -hmm. That's a choice you can make as a business owner. And to go go back to your specific comments, you know, what might be X amount of money for this guy might be three times that amount for this other person. Uh, I'll give you an example. And I know we can we can burn up all the time just giving example after example. So I don't want to do that. But I, I think people, when we get into money conversations, people go, "Well, tell us how much." You know, they want to hear hard numbers. Right. I'm like, I'll talk. I'll talk some hard numbers. Yeah. Um, I think it's useful. Um, had a mural project for AEP. They were doing an innovation lab downtown Columbus, uh, just right down the eighty eighty uh, West Rich. I think is the address. Anyway. Huge build-out thing. AEP, for listeners that don't know, is American Electric Power, which is a massive corporation that spans across multiple states here in the Midwest, I think a little bit beyond that now. But the point is, that's a client who has a lot of money to spend, and they are burning through it on this project. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but in comparison to other clients that I've served, they have a lot of money to spend here. So when I approached that project, I, I said right up front, I didn't even do the bullet point thing that I mentioned a couple minutes ago. I just said... What do you, what's your budget for this project? And he said, I, I think we've got a uh, max of 20 grand, max. We really don't want to hit that, but we'd like to you know, be in that zone. I said, great. That was my answer. I said, great. And we continued the conversation talking about other more important things at the moment, logistical things, in order to move things forward. So uh, that project came in exactly as he said, just under 20 grand. Was it this? Was it? Uh, if you look at the amount of work done on that project, the the committee that I met with and collaborated with, and the and the uh, I hired a collaborator to do a subcontractor to help out with that project. All things considered, it was in scope with several other projects I've done like that. But the 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 uh, variable was size of the corporation and the budget that they had for the project. Why in the world would I would I toss out a typical number for a, a, a smaller client that I've done across X amount of projects right. when I know that client has money to spend on that? So one example. Yeah. And that's the thing, though, is they have that money to spend on it because they value that thing. 
So you're almost kind of relying on the client to determine the value of this thing for you. Now, I, I love this idea of asking what the budget is. It's, it's something that occasionally I'll do, but it's just faster to throw out numbers now. Um, but early on, you know, I went from doing $5,000 projects to $30,000 projects um, because I asked. Uh, there was one specific project that I was like, okay. In my mind, I was like, okay, maybe 6000 but let me just ask them real quick. I'm like, you know what? I don't, is, is there a specific budget you have here? Cause like we, there's a lot of different ways we can do this. And they're like, ah, should 30,000 be good? I'm like, uh, yeah, that should be good. <laughs> but it was like, oh man, like that was a huge jump in, in doing that. And it was because of that, because of asking them. Now, most people are going to say, well, we don't have a specific budget. They do, but they're just not willing to tell you. So you just kind of have to mm-hmm. play the game a different way. But that idea right there kind of helps you understand what the value is that you provide to people. Um, and that's one thing that we have on our website right now. I've, I've always gone back and forth on this where anybody reaches out, they're like, Hey, we have an, an idea for us project. I'm like, cool. Can you just go to this page right here and fill out a couple of things? Like I'm going to ask these questions regardless. So it's easiest if you just take the time, go through these things and then we can get there. So I do, I ask for budget in that. And I have a minimum amount that you cannot do a drop down under. Mm, okay. So I would say 50% of the people, maybe a little bit more, that I tell them to go there, they never end up filling it out. Mm-hmm. And it's saved both of us an a extreme amount of time. <laughs> and it was like, okay, you know what? At least we can find out if we're, you know, in the same range so we're not wasting each other's time, which is something right. that... Uh, again, early on, I've spent hours and hours and hours like t- talking somebody through something before we got to price before, and then I get the price. I'm at five thousand, they're at five hundred, and I was like, oh, I just wasted like two days of my time and their time, and now they have to find somebody else to do this thing, you know? So yeah, something else it, to think about. And so, two things quickly to respond to that. One is this is this podcast is called "I Want to Be Like Matt." We're changing the name. It's another one of those moments where I'm like, that drop down thing's a great idea. And it's so simple. It's not hard to implement that kind of a form. Um, the second thing is, so again, great idea. Uh, the second thing that I, I think about when you mention that is I'll say, to, I'll sometimes, sometimes I'll say to people, let me know what your budget is for the project. And by the way, if I'm not asking because if you tell me 15,000, I'm going to send you a proposal for $14,999. Right. Exactly. The reason I, the reason I ask is because I want to understand how you value, um, this particular component, uh, against your, your larger budget, right. which I don't need to know, by the way, just for this project is what I'm trying to understand. I'll say something to that effect and probably in a fewer words. Uh, but I, again, I learned that from somebody else and I think it's a valuable thing to add to the, to the conversation. Because that's always been, maybe it's just because I was a poor kid that grew up in the woods, you know. I'd always think, well, if you ask me, you're going to come back with that exact number. And I realized, no, right. that's not the case. You know, it may be higher too. But right. um, anyway, this I is, guess it's a, it's, a, it's a semi-quick way of saying, I'm not a bag of snakes over here. You know, I'm trying to do the right thing. Right. Help me out. Yeah. So one of the things that I did to help with pricing, um, this is from... I'm trying to look and see which book I got it from. Um, the guy that does the podcast with Blair Ends. What's his name? Oh. Um, you can't I know. Remember. Yeah. I, I, um, <laughs> the Two Bobs. 
yeah, yeah. Um, the other guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he has a book. It's a red book. It's uh, something about expertise. Damn it, I can't remember it. <laughs> it's the worst. Um, we'll try to link to it in the in the show notes. Okay. But basically, in this book, it was David people- Baker. Yep. Uh, okay. And um, he's basically like making this argument of like you know you get people in first through a, a type of strategy before you can present the production basically so one of the things that that we did was we started doing discovery so in if people don't know exactly what they need from us then i'm always like okay well we need to do our discovery process and basically what we do is we do a flat rate price for it and it's a one week long process and I'm like, okay, well, in that process, we're going to just dive into a lot of things and present some real options for you and different pricing for those different things. And this has been another kind of huge level up for us is that, yeah, we go through this process where it's like, you know, initially they're like, hey, we want that 90 second explainer. But after we have a conversation with them, we're like, oh, there's actually a lot of different ways that you can kind of solve some of the problems that you have or reach some of the goals. Like example would be a little conversation with her where a client's like, oh yeah, we're actually hiring like 200 people this year. I'm like, what kind of content do you use around that? Like, so it's like looking for ways that you can do what you do to help somebody else. Or not, um, right? Or not, or not, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a brilliant idea and we share it. I Not because I'm trying to say we're both brilliant, Matt, but uh Again, I, I've I heard something related to that uh, along the way, and I thought that's a good idea. So I adopted my own practice, which similar right. to yours, I'll sometimes say to people, you know what? Tell you what, uh, since we're not totally sure, here's an idea. Pay me to sit down and talk with you for you know x amount of hours. I want to hear more about what you think you want to do. That's the key phrase. I want to hear right. more about what you think you want to do. Um, at the end of that exercise, what we'll return to you is a document that says, here's what we talked about. And it's going to give you some insights and some ideas for tactics, not the not the not the core idea because I don't give that away. Right. But here's some here's some directions we can go in terms of things you could do. And uh, the at the end of that that uh, exercise, you pay us. You've got the document, and if you want to use us for the stuff because it's applicable to us, great. Right. If you don't, you have a document you can hand off to somebody else. Go yep. here's some thinking that we did with a guy and uh, we'd like to have you do it because he said, you know what, you're the best guy to do that. He's not the guy, whatever it might be. Right. Um, but at least we provided some value to them and made a little money. And I stepped away from something that really wasn't a good fit, which right. is going to save me a lot of headache. Right. And it's definitely one of these things where it's, it's saved us a lot. Now, again, I would say 50% of the time people come to us and they know exactly what they want. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to go through this discovery process. Yeah, makes sense. Um, But our best projects have gone through discovery first. So for me, I'm like, well, there's a correlation there that we need to always be doing that. Like if if that's what brings us our best work, um, then we always need to do that. So it's something that I've been trying trying to do a little bit more with people, but... Um, you know, there's, there's times where in these early conversations, people, again, people say that they want one video and then we find out that, oh, okay. Like they have an actual budget for these things. And also at the same time, you're developing a relationship with them. So it's, it's, it's like, okay, well, you're already paying me to do this, do this little thing. Consider this like a smaller sample, basically. 
of, of what it's going to be like to work together. Mm-hmm. And like yep. you said, if you don't like how the ideas that we have take this and you could take it to somebody else or you can choose to ignore it. But either way, you're reducing that risk for people when you do something like that. And that's ultimately that's what people want, right? They want to know they want that confidence in, in working with you. And what we can do is reduce that risk as much as possible. Yep. So, yeah. So, like I said, that's what we do is we, we charge a, a very small price to relatively small price anyway to to have this kind of week long sort of session and present these ideas. And then from there, it's a menu. Go ahead. Pick what you want on the menu. Just like you're in a restaurant. Uh, you want to build your own meal. You want five courses, whatever. Go ahead. Like, here's what we think. Um, if you want to have a conversation after that, sure, let's do it. Um, but more often than not, we have people picking multiple things off the menu at that point. So that's how we, we went from, you know, like I was saying, like these $30,000 projects to much higher where we're, you know, doing some stuff that's close to six figures, a little bit over six figures. And it's because we're offering multiple parts on projects uh, or multiple um, solutions to reach some of these goals and understanding what these goals are, right? Now, we are an animation company and you are a design company. Obviously, there are certain problems that we cannot solve. And we do. We need to be honest with what we can and can't solve. But it's really interesting when you think creatively how there's there's infinite number of solutions to any one problem. And for me, it's... I had a, I had a sorry I'm going on for a while here I had a conversation with a guy once where he was going over his budget and all these things and I'm like this sounds like a great project like he wants to do like a year long um, sort of uh, content campaign kind of thing around his, this product that he has um, and after talking to him, sitting down with him and talking to him for a while and starting to get the project going, he's basically telling me that 50% of the time that he ships out a product, he actually loses money because UPS charges differently for some reason on some of them and not the others. Okay. And I'm like, well, why are you talking to me? <laughs> like, you need to solve that problem. I, I can help you sell more of these, but I'm just going to be helping you lose money if that's the case. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so before we ever get started, like, I can't in good faith say that this is a good idea if you can't solve that problem first. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I never really thought about that. And I was like, well, you need to go to like talk to one of their reps and like figure out how to make this work. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's a good idea. So it never went beyond that that phase at that point because I actually he ended up selling the business shortly after whatever. Um, but it's that idea where we have to admit whenever we can't solve a problem uh, with yeah. our abilities, I guess, or with what our business does anyway. Yeah, I was just reading something related to this and uh, it echoed that same point, which is you you have to know. Well, let me back up. When you're when you're early into this, you're going to say yes to all kinds of things. But the longer we do this, the more we bring some of that wisdom along and some of that pain too, right? That's a pain is right. uh, one of the influencers to say, you know what? I probably shouldn't do that. That's not going to be a good idea. Or there's other warning flags. I mean, that's that's a whole separate podcast too, like uh, red flags. Uh, right. It's probably an entirely different topic, but, but they happen. And uh, when we're talking about money, 
it's important that we we know red flags and don't let things get in the way. Things like this person likes me and they're they're showering praise about my business, which is great. Who doesn't love that? But if that's causing you to say yes to things that are going to cause pain, then you know, like you said, the first problem to solve for that guy it was UPS. And in, in my example, my first problem to solve is ego and learning to kill that thing and realize yeah. I appreciate your kind words. I really do. It means a lot. But I don't think I'm the best guy for this project for you. This guy over here could help you though. Right. And here's his contact information. Yeah. That's honestly that's one of my favorite things to be able to do is <clears throat> if I can't help somebody to at least direct them towards somebody that I believe can. Yeah. Um but I don't know. There's there's a lot of different ways to basically handle those red flags. And I think that it's also important to know that, again, kind of what I was saying about pricing, start somewhere. Same thing with yeah. red flags. You don't know what these red flags are until you get started. It's okay to do projects that end in disaster early on. It's going to happen whether you want it to or not. But the best thing you can do is okay, how do I, or what was the early red flag? When did I know that this was going off the rails? And then write that down. I We have a list of 20 red flags where I'm like, any one of them, not the worst, but if we start to see multiple, then we have to say no to the project immediately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're guilty still of being like, it's real easy to be like, well, it's kind of a higher paying project. Mm-hmm. Um, there and then it we, is. We kind of lose lose track of those red flags. They don't seem to be as red anymore. <laughs> You're like, well, yeah. And you make exceptions and then you find out that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter how much people charge. Sometimes it's just not a good fit or how much how much you make from them. It's just not a good fit. So it's important to start somewhere and keep track of those red flags and and figure things out i mean the the earliest red flag you're going to get is people saying that they don't they can't afford you and then you come down in your price to try to make it work and then all of a sudden you're going way above and beyond you're getting you know you're looking at your hours and you're getting paid three dollars an hour to to work on this project basically because you agreed to do it for so low and that stuff's going to happen but that's how we have to learn through that pain that you were talking about right yeah that's Uh, that's one thing one one layer to the conversation with people if if that's a big question here if you're trying to help them understand the value of what you do because they've never done this thing before for example right uh, and that is uh you can you know you could say to somebody you know, for example somebody may say wow that's really that's really uh out of my budget um can you help me under <laughs> hardly anybody ever asks this but in some way they're trying to say can you help me understand why it's so high there is a rare occasion that i'll not because I'm on some high mountain. It's just that I understand over the long haul that if if I'm not I'm not going to get I'm not going to make money educating people about the value of what we do. Um, some people get it and some people don't. However, there are times when I sense that you know this person really is trying to understand. They're not trying to. They're not just trying to knock the price down and get a cheap deal. Right. They're new to this. Um, they never hired a, a brand design shop before, and they're like, right. hey, you know, we've got this. We got X amount of budget. We think it's this, and I'll say, well. Um, there's a couple things in play here. I'll tell them, you know, one thing is that this stuff does take a lot of time. And if you, we don't break things down by hourly, I'll tell folks, cause we don't. However, we have to, at some, at some point in 
building our business, look at what we're making hourly and ask ourselves, does that, you know, we have to do right. a budget analysis, right? right? So that's that's just one early way of starting to set up what we charge for things. Right. And I said, the second layer of this thing is that we're, we're going to, we're going to ask you what you expect to return on your total investment. And we know from long experience that the visual aspects of the visual and verbal aspects of this are critical to how people perceive you. So while we may not be able to put a dollar amount uh, necessarily on that value, we do know that, and you know, potential client, that when you see things that aren't handcrafted or when you see things that are just kind of phoned in, ask yourself, did you really pay attention to that? You know the answer is no. So there's a value there that you are placing on something when you see it's not made well. Anyway, I'll go to this conversation with people yeah. in some flavor. Yeah. And, and uh, again, I never ha I've learned the hard way that I never have the conversation knowing, I'll say the exact right phrase, and that person will open up their wallet and throw C-notes at me. It's not right. the way it works. They might hire me. That'd be great. But if I can help that person understand, even in a small way, that, yeah, there's a higher value to these things, that's my responsibility to have that conversation as quickly as possible. And that's right. it. And then I walk away. And hopefully right. there's some value to them. And if not, it's okay. I'm not responsible for how they respond to it. I've just helped them understand, yeah, you know, this stuff, it could take a long time. And sometimes we charge higher prices because we know that you're about to launch a website that has the potential to reach 100,000 people per month based on what you told us in the discovery. Um, and based on the product price that you're selling or the service price that you're selling and the X amount of money that you expect to bring back in revenue, you know, we understand this site is worth a lot more than $10,000. Right. So anyway, I'm babbling on, no. but I, I love having those conversations with people again, because I love to, my motivation is to just try to teach and try to help them understand right. a little bit. You know, it, it's interesting you say that. I, so whenever I was teaching, um, at CCAD, I, I taught there for maybe five years or so. And I, I stopped about halfway through because I was like, there's just so much stuff that they need to know. And, you know, at that point, I was just teaching motion graphics. And I was like, I want to teach about the money aspect of things. And like, I learned that there was like business type related classes in there. And I'm like, it's just, I don't know, unless it's taught by somebody that has a creative business. I don't like it could be helpful, but there's just something missing. So mm, I basically from there, I kind of convinced them to let me teach the content marketing class um, in a way where I was like, well, what's the, what's the class that students hate the most? <laughs> and they're like, well, it's not that they hated it. It's just like their least favorite. I'm like, let me take that class and let me see if I can just completely rewrite this thing and make it enjoyable for people and make sure that they learn what I think they need to know from it. So one of the things that we did early on, well, throughout the, throughout the course, and uh, this course is available on Skillshare. Um, Skillshare.com yeah. slash Matt Bojack or something. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if that's it. But um, basically, it was teaching them like the importance of content, uh, how to develop a plan. But then once we got to the end of the course, it was how to understand the value of what we are creating. And in their final, they had to actually price out how much their strategy their whole campaign would be worth to this company 
So I, man, you know, I, I wish I'd have had you as an instructor <laughs> back at CCAD. That's great, man. Seriously. I, the, seriously, one of my favorite parts about it, just seeing what people write. Because you would get people that develop these large plans for these large companies, and they're like, I think I would charge like $2,000. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, you're not F. thinking right. You, right. you, got, you gave him an F. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would never give. Now, listen. There was some math involved in this class, and at art school, math is generally not the, uh, the the best topic. But at the same time, it's really important for for this to for them to at least spend just a week doing this. I never it been it didn't matter what number they put on there. I always gave everybody A's on that portion as long as they turned it in on time. But I would essentially be like, okay, if you're going to do this, this, and this, like, what do you think is going to happen to the company? They're like, well, if we, you know, redo some of the branding in the store, make it better, maybe they see like a 3% increase in uh, people walking into the store every year. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Well, how much does, okay, so of that 3%, sorry, I'm getting really into the weeds here, but let me, let me finish this thought. So, okay, of that 3% of people, well, how, what, what's the average price people spend when they walk into that store, you think? And they're like, well, I don't know. I'm like, well, go to that store and take a look and see. So they would they would go in if it was a local store anyway. They'd go in and they'd just kind of spy for a little bit and see like, okay, that person bought like a pair of shoes. Okay, like looking around, like what's the average price of shoes around here? So it's probably like fifty bucks. So I'm like, okay, so you're saying that you can increase, that you believe that you can increase visits three percent, um, and on average they're spending fifty dollars a piece. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Now that you, now you have a number that you can associate with all this all this stuff. And again, this isn't something you just make up off the top of your head, but this is this is pure value pricing right here. Um, so it's like, okay, you figure all those formulas out, and then you're like, okay, well, I'm also going to be re- redoing some of their social media, redoing some of their website components. It's like, well, you can attribute this change to increase in visits or something like that. So it's like it's increasing sales indirectly, as opposed to directly, which everyone's always looking at. So it's like, okay, once you figure out that final value, well, if you charged, I mean, obviously people need to make a profit on, I mean, we are investments for people, right? They're not paying us to just make that much in return. They want to make more in return than what they've paid us. So for me, I'm like, okay, well, if we say that we charge between 10 and 40% of that amount based on our confidence level, that we can reach those goals. So I, I put that in front of people, basically. I would spend a whole day just explaining that. And then you know, some of these students are coming back with like, I think that this would cost about $250,000. I'm like, okay, great. Is that a number you ever thought that you'd be able to write down for a client ever? And like, they know that they're not ready to just jump out of school and be able to do that. But it was this sure. awakening moment for almost all of them where they're like, Oh shit! Like the things that I'm doing has actual value. It is this is not philanthropy, right? Yeah. Uh, and to me, that's the only point that I wanted to prove to people. Yeah, that's great. I mean, and you said it takes about a week for that that component of the class. That's a lot to pack in a week. I mean, it certainly, could be an entire class all on its own. Let's face it. That's a oh, great for sure. idea. For sure. Um, you know, going back to um, something that Christo talks about when people object to hearing the number fifty thousand dollars and go. Oh, that's, um, uh, the question he asks is, um, well, you know, I hear you, 
uh, seems like a high amount. So what would you consider important enough to spend money to solve? You know, what's the, what's the, what's the other problem that you're going to throw money at? You're going to throw money at something. And if, if you do it, you know, what, how's that going to impact your business? Um, right. And again, you know, th- to be really clear here, this is, I, I just don't get in arguments with potential clients about how they spend their money. Right. It's not worth it. Um, I, I've learned that people value different things, even older people that have been in business for a long time. Some people just don't see the visual aspects of their business as important. And let me add a little wrench in the works here. There are businesses out there that we see every day that you know are crushing it financially and their identity sucks. And it boggles my mind. Right. But the reality is, uh, so I, you know, when I, when I see that stuff, I think, you know, Dylan, sometimes you get a little too high up on your horse <laughs> talking about how, you know, you're, you're, I, I think about the hours that I sweat for building some of these uh, word marks, logo marks, and the details that I am f- almost fanatical about to get right. And, and I've told Janet, my wife, many times, nobody's going to notice this stuff except freaks like me. Right. And I justify it by saying, I get to lay in bed at night and sleep well because I know I sweated those details. Uh, some people probably notice some part of that. Right. So I understand that I'm a little bit of a freak and I sometimes place too much value and time into these things. That said, uh, which is tough to recover from because it's kind of a reality that I deal with all the time. Um, I do know I've watched people ignore things that are not built well. They walk right past them or they just don't buy the thing. And so my clients are a different tribe, if you will, of folks that do have a certain level of respect for design, even if they don't see the little nuances that I sweat over. They have some sense that there is a difference between brand A and brand B. And that's who I'm talking to. So to come full circle on that, those are the people that I'm, that come to me without me asking them, you know, and again, it sounds pompous. That's not my intention. It's just that there's a, there's a, there's a group of folks out there that get it. They understand visually that this is, this thing is different than that thing. And they'll come to me and say, I like the look of that thing. I don't, I don't need them to explain or articulate why it's, it's different or it's a, to be blunt and elevated, uh, design problem that was solved. I don't need it. They get it. They inherently understand it. Great. Let's do some business. Let's make something like that for you. And so the value conversation, the budget conversation is way easier in that sense. All to say, if somebody comes to me and goes, gosh, I love what you do, but I've got $500 for a logo. I'm just flat out going to tell them, Hey, thanks for reaching out. Appreciate it. Uh, Our minimum engagement is X for that kind of a, a logo that you're looking for. Right. Um, it, you know, is, if it's possible to, uh, to budget that, please let me know because I'd love to do that for you. And I mean it when I say that. If I take, a t- take the time to send that email, I am definitely um, being honest with them and saying, your idea or this business that you're doing or this product that you're, that you're selling, wow, would I love to serve something great to you and help you guys right. sell that. But I'm not doing it for a reduced amount. Right. One of the things that, I guess here's the thing. If you if you tell somebody numbers, if they don't answer you, if they just completely ignore you, it means that they weren't even close. 
if they right. do respond, <clears throat> that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. There's there's some psychology at work here. Yeah. If somebody right. does let's, respond, let's they're like, it. if somebody responds and they're like, oh man, I think that's just outside of our budget. It means that they really want to work with you still. Um, so it's like, for me, I'm like, well, you know, like, okay, we can't do this for, you know, like, well, I guess first of all, like, okay, well, if you don't have that much, then how much do you have to spend? Right. And again, if they, if they tell me a low amount, I'll be like, you know what? You should check out Fiverr. You should do whatever you have to do. As you know, obviously as creatives, we all hate Fiverr because we think it devalues what we do. But at the same time, it holds a place in the market for people that don't have the cash to afford people like us. So people can't see this, but I'm shaking my head right now in shame right? and disgust that you even mentioned the name on our podcast. <laughs> oh, Matt. <laughs> but, you know, these people <laughs> that that, you know, just came up with, like, OK, you know what? I want a lawn mowing business or landscaping business, I guess we'd call that. But like, you know, I have $1,000 to start this business. Well, $250 needs to go into your legal fees and whatnot. Um, and then maybe you already have a lawnmower. And then you basically, you're left with $200 remaining. And it's like, okay, well, you can't not have a logo or certain branding elements. So for me, I'm like, okay, well, you have to do something. Like, no, you can't afford this, but temporarily, maybe, you know, you you got to have something. So, again, I, I I tell people if they if they're at very very low budget, I'm like, go to Fiverr, but understand that there's going to be a big communication gap and a skill set gap from what we do, right? So it's almost like me trying to teach. <laughs> without explaining like well you get what you pay for it's like okay well maybe you should try that because they need to learn that lesson of mm-hmm. you know they can't, they can't be just told like oh you get what you pay for they have to actually go through this process and be like wow that was actually a lot more work on my end than it should have been and this person they spent you know they didn't get back to me for like eight days and then i had to go through endless rounds of revisions with them and it's like, huh. So basically, the less you want to spend on something, the more of your own time you're going to need to put into it. Or I'll, you know, I mean, I don't usually get to this point, but I'm like, just try to buy Photoshop and take some tutorials. Like, maybe spend that $200 that way of just learning how to make your own. Like, people need to understand why it is what it is. We can't just simply say it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's if... You know, if if they're not at a ridiculously low budget, if they're like just below what we're at, and if if I really, sometimes I'll be like, sorry, we just really can't make that work. But if I'm if I'm like really wanting to work with this company, if they're a nonprofit or something like that, I'll say, okay. Again, if I want to, I'll say, yeah, we can do that, but we're not going to be able to do it how you initially wanted. So it's kind of like this idea of like, if you're going to discount, something else needs to come down to. And that's another yep. Chris, Chris Doe thing where yep. it's like, okay, well, you wanted a two minute video at this much, but you only have this much. So what do you, what do you say? We just do one minute and we can't really do this style. So let's stay in this style and then we can make it work for you. Totally agree. And again, same value, same practice here in that I uh, had a guy approach last week and said, hey, I've got a bunch of kind of sub brands that all need identities and, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of little small moving projects, moving parts kind of thing. Uh, would love to love your work. There's the ego stroke and would love to have you do something for us, you know, 
and then he got to it. So what's it, what's it cost to have something like that done? And um, not knowing any more information, I said, you know, minimum engagement for uh, a basic uh, word mark is twelve grand. Um, I can give you some details on what that co- what comes with the, what comes along for the ride, um, but let me know if that works for you. And he said, nope, doesn't. Um, you know, we're just doing this. He kind of gave me more information about you know how minimal th- uh, the things are that they need, and it was super helpful. He was right. He very few things. I mean, really fast exercises that, uh, again, unless he's lying to me, uh, it's not a big commitment for me. And I said, uh, okay, great. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Um, 5k minimum to take on any one of those individual tactics. Crickets. Okay. Now, you know, he might, I know the way this works. He might get back to me four months from now and say, great, let's do it. Yep. And that's another lesson I've learned when we talk about money is that yep. it takes time for people to just feel their way through things in their life and all the other things that's going on and reaching out to other guys like me and all that combined. It might, it's, I expect these fast answers all the time. Like we've talked about in this podcast, I'm guilty of the same thing. And right. when a person like that does the so-called crickets, I think, well, that's it. And yet I've had people come back, like I just said, a few months later and go, let's do it. And th- those are the best people to work with too, because I, I guess this is, this is what I've found is that it's not, sometimes there's, there's rush projects where people need to get started immediately. And then it's, it's just a simple yes or no. And yeah, sometimes right. there's, there is people just trying to be like, Hey, like, I think that we want to do like video for a company, but we, we've never done that before. Like, so, you know, we'll have a, a simple conversation with them being like, you know what? And I, I try to, talk about money as early as possible because um, it, it, it saves a bunch of time I don't have nearly as many meetings as I used to have <laughs> because I just talk about money much earlier on because you got that um, drop down form baby that's what it's I mean, all that's, about that's the other thing it's like I don't even I don't want this to sound bad but it's like I don't want to get on the phone with somebody if we're that far apart right like I'm more than happy to like have just a conversation about like just with another creative person right I I'm always open to those conversations, but the bigger my team gets, the more they need my time Then I can't just kind of have random meetings anymore. So I'm just like, okay, I just need to make sure like if you're cool with this, then let's definitely jump on the phone. But I'll, so often though, I'll have just a simple email where people are like, just out of curiosity, like what would the cost be for something like this? And they share a piece of work that we've done. And I'll give them a little bit of numbers. I'm like, yeah, here's the general process. Here's about between this range right here. And then they might say something like, oh, okay, that's a lot more than I was thinking. Like, great, I'll keep you in mind. I'll keep you in mind. That's the thing that you always hear is I'll I'll keep you in mind, right? And we've, you know, over time, at first it gave us hope. But as we get older, we know what that means. (laughs) Um, But it does. Sometimes it's six months. 12 months, yeah. 24 months later, but they come back and they're like, great, I'm ready to do this thing. Uh, but they don't realize that <laughs> your prices have increased since then. No. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that, and you got stuff to do. Thing. But yeah. um, but more often than not, like they, they come ready. They've managed to convince their leadership at their company that like, hey, we want to do this. This is right. generally the cost that there is. So then all of a sudden it's like, okay, this person saved up money specifically to work with you. Damn, if that isn't the the greatest compliment that we could ever get yeah. running a business, I don't know what is. It sure is. And uh, 
I'll add one more filter that you mentioned that I'm a, uh, very careful about is if somebody comes to me with a rush job, 99% of the time I'm going to say no. Right. And the guy who helped me understand that actually turned into a pants on fire client for me, <laughs> yeah. which is, I'm, of course, you, you know, anybody listening to this knows that I hate gossip, so I don't name names, but, um, but yeah, that was a big surprise. This guy turned, you know, it's that it's that uh, tenant about you know we we notice the things the faults in people that we are guilty of ourselves. So he came to me and says, "Here's the three things you need to know when you start your business." This was seven years ago, and one of those things was don't do pants on fire clients. Anyway, that's a big red flag for me, and yeah. I can say in s- almost seven years, I've taken on a couple of jobs that were pretty tight turn, right, and. They weren't train wrecks, but the tension's never worth it. I think that's that's a lesson that I'm still learning, honestly. Is it gets it gets tough to say no sometimes. It's just this scarcity mindset. Yeah, I, we've talked about before. I've I feel like I've been born into the scarcity mindset, so it's really difficult to shake it. But yep. it's easy to see it in the past, but it's hard to see it in the present. But it's. You get clients that are like, hey, we need to start this thing. Now, the big the big thing that I've changed over time is if we're going to rush, so are you. Like, mm-hmm. so if, if you need this done by this day, that means we need to get started by this day. In order for that to happen, you need to pay us the deposit and you need to sign that contract immediately. You need to be able to give us feedback within six hours of sending you stuff. You're only getting one round of, of feedback. Um, and, you know, you kind of, and you're going to pay a rush fee on top of that. Before I write this proposal, is that going to work for you? So I guess I love I, it. I, I've gotten in this habit of never saying no to people. I like it more whenever other people say no. Because I'm like, oh, okay, there's opportunity there. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you need something rushed? Like, okay, well if we were to do that, what would I have to change about this process to make sure it works and make sure that it's worth our time? And if it's going to be stressful, well, how much money is that worth? Right? Yeah. Um, That's a great point. Really good points, Matt. I love it. Thanks. Um, All right. Let's do uh, some final thoughts here. Final thoughts. I'm going to share some words of wisdom by um, a band. And it says... Uh, the, the lyrics are, I know money is the root of evil. Do funny things to some people. Give me a nickel, brother, can you spare a dime? Money can drive some people out of their minds. If you don't know what that song is, it's For the Love of Money by the OJs. It's a great song just for the, just for the first 15 seconds. So look it up. Right. <laughs> nice. What you got? Um, I guess I, I would say a couple things. One is understand your value but also be flexible, right? Um, as, as much as you can, if you can leave ego out of your financial decisions, the happier you'll be about that aspect of your life. Um, and understand that you're going to make a lot of mistakes. I, again, I'm still making mistakes 12-something years into this, 13. What? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. A, and I don't, I don't plan on stopping. Honestly, that's the thing that kind of makes it interesting to me is that we're always sort of adapting. And it's like, oh, okay, this, is, this didn't work. Let's try something else. Um, but 
again, for people just starting out, again, I'd say just start anywhere as far as pricing goes. If you want to start at six bucks for a logo, go ahead and start there. But as your work increases, you're going to be way too busy to be able to handle that. So when you get busy, increase that cost. I see Dylan shaking his head. He doesn't agree with that one. Because if anybody takes that advice and charges six bucks for a logo, you need to call me first, okay? Come into my (laughs) office, sit down. We're going to have a conversation. I'm going to help you through that. (laughs) Okay, don't start at $6. But again, start somewhere. If you start too high and you're not seeing anybody, you can always lower those prices. So you can do whatever you want. Whatever decisions you make early on, especially, you're not committed to sticking to those for the rest of your life. You're, You're okay to... You're able to change how you price and what you charge for things. Yep. You can work for one client for $1,000 and then do the exact same thing for a different one for $100,000. There's no rules on what you can and can't charge people. That's right. If, I, I, saw it, I saw it in pharma. You know, we, we right. did logos for $100,000 that I could have knocked out in a weekend. Right. I'm not, <laughs> I know what that sounds like to some people, like rolling right. their eyes back in their head like, really? That's what you think of yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I'm all I'm saying is that what the out, the output that we did in 6 months for some of these things right was just horrible death by committee uh for an incredibly inflated budget. Right? But you know what? They had the money to burn. So right. that's what we did. We burned it up because they were going to spend it one way or the other. And so, they didn't complain at all about no. how much they spent, see? They and that's what it. we're talking about is that that value for people. They may have even thought that they got a deal on it, right? Probably. And that's that's not really for us to determine. Um, it's really, I don't know, for us, it's about trying to get what our value is for people. And, you know, yeah. I guess I'll also end on this. Um, there are two ways of thinking about this that I always consider. There is the Chris Doe method. There is the Blair Ends method. Uh, there is the, um, uh, there's another value-based fees guy. Um, but there's also the Aaron Draplin way of thinking where this guy could charge way more than what he does uh, for doing his logos. But sometimes he does them for free for his friends. Uh, Sometimes he just, he'll charge $250 because that's all they have. Um, Occasionally he'll do some, some bigger projects, but at the same time, like the way that he thinks about money is, I guess when you have enough of it, you just, you know, you have this freedom to be able to say yes or no to things, um, you know, based on if you want to do it, right? And that's that's kind of the position that I assume that he's in anyway. But I think that there's this world that exists between those two poles that, um, I don't know, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of different ways to do this and um, find out what works and what doesn't. And I think that the Draplin example is a great one in that we can all aspire to hone our businesses and our, our practices in a way, in our finances, in a way that allows us to be more like Draplin and say, you know what, I'll knock that out for you for 250 or, uh, you know, a 12 pack of beer or whatever your fancy right. is. <laughs> right. Because uh, I, I, I can. I've, got, I, I've yeah. been smart enough to do things a certain way that allows me to make that decision. Yeah. So God bless Aaron Draplin. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> right. All right. Um, that's all I got. So love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. The Command Z Show is Matt Vojak and Dylan Mingus. 
Have a question you want us to discuss? Send us a message at cmdz.show. And while you're at it, we'd love a quick review on the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.